Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Together, a Brighton and Over Albion podcast. Um, we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, I was going to record this on Saturday after the game, but I thought I needed to calm down a little bit. <laughs> um, so I'm recording this on the Sunday morning um, as Huddersfield are playing Wolves. Um, they're 1-0 up, it's about half an hour gone, so... Um, yeah, it's it's not really going to be representative of what we're going to be facing because A, they're away from home and B, uh, we tend to run into a lot of trouble up at Huddersfield. So I'm really not too worried about this game in particular, but um, I have enough on them from their home performances and what we tend to do against them to be able to talk about that. Um, so without further ado, let's move on to the Leicester analysis. Um this week I'm going to do the good, the bad, and uh, something I've called the bigger picture. Um, so we'll start with the good, um, and I think the most obvious piece of good is that we got a point. Um, we need to be hitting one point per game on average, and we hit the average. Um, it may have felt like a defeat at the time, and it doesn't really feel much better today, um, but we did get a point, and that's important to note. Um, not just that, but Bernardo had a good debut, so to speak. Um it's his first actual start in a position that he plays at home um, and played for the entire game. When he lined up against Bruno, well, next to Bruno again this week, he must have been praying that he kept himself together because he did not want him to have to move again to right back. Um, but he played a full game at left back and he played really well. Um, he won the Man of the Match award at the Amex. So, I mean, that says a lot about it. Um, he had a 79% pass accuracy and 82 touches of the ball. Um, that is way more than anybody else on the team had. So I don't know whether the intent was to get him that involved or whether they just felt comfortable with him that involved um, or they saw a weakness down that side. Whatever it was, they they clearly trusted Bernardo a lot because 82 touches is a, an incredible amount of the ball to have, especially at a fullback position. Um, but it's 79% pass accuracy with that amount of touches is really impressive. Um, and not only that, but he also got a key pass to his name. Um, key passes, as I've said before, are passes that can or sh can or do lead to a scoring opportunity. So, if they get an assist, it counts as a key pass. If they make a, if they get an assist, that counts as a clear cut chance. Afterwards, they get a key pass. Um, he got a, he got one key pass yesterday, um, which is already on a par with Bong. Um, in one game, he has made one key pass, and uh, Bong has made one in his last 11. Um, he provided a totally different dimension for us to use this week. Um, he was happy cutting inside when Izzy went out. He was happy staying outside when Izquierdo cut in. Um, chew! Excuse me. Um, he was incredibly comfortable doing either, um, and he was incredibly comfortable on the ball, playing it wide or inside as well. Um, he... I think he deserved the man of the match. Um, he made five total tackles, more than any other defender in the side. Uh, had two interceptions, a successful clearance to take back with him as well. Um, and not only that, but going forward, he also, not only did he get that key pass, but he won a foul in a key area. Um, it was, well, you know where it was, if you can recall. It was right on the, uh, not far away from the corner flag when he went down. Um, and got a free kick there, which could have led to a goal, given how poor Leicester were at defending set pieces yesterday. Um, he, he simply has to play again on Saturday against Huddersfield. Um, quite the debut. Yeah. Uh, Kyle didn't get a yellow card either. 
which is also a big part of the good because that would have had him banned for the next game. Um, barring his foolish challenge that he made to give the penalty away, um, I thought he played pretty well actually. Uh, him and Proper both were pretty well, uh, pretty economical on the ball and didn't give the ball away a lot. Um, it's just that, well, well, no, we'll get onto that in the bad. Um, Gross is back. Uh, and he reminds you of the totally different dimension he can bring to games. Um, I mean, just for example, he made two no-look passes yesterday that were absolutely spot-on. Um, one put Izquierdo into space and the other one put Murray in. Um, and, like, the the way in which he can do these things is something that nobody... Bissouma, March, uh, Yahambach, whoever it was that they played in that role or tried to have play in that role, or tried to play like a provider role, none of them have the same quality as he does in giving the ball in the way he did, and he was a serious addition back to the squad. And that makes the selection all the more difficult, I think, because if you want to start changing it up and adding another striker to the mix, like you have to lose him, and I don't think we can afford to. So, yeah, it was good to have him back, and he looked fit, he looked ready to go, um... And he's only going to get better as he keeps coming back. Um, and again, once again, I thought Andone was electric when he came on. Um, Glenn continues to score goals. Scored 101 now for us. Um, but he is clearly a very good player. And I think he could be a serious game changer for us. So the question is really, when is he going to get games? And are we going to leave it too late? That's the worry. Um, but overall, he has been he was great. Um and the first half, by all accounts, was pretty positive. Um, so, yeah, there's the good. We'll move on to the bad. Um, everything in the second half was bad. Uh, it was quite possibly... Well, no, not quite possibly. It simply was the worst 45 minutes of Premier League football at the Amex ever. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing it to the Leon best days or anything like that when we were playing in the lower divisions and because, obviously, that was a lot worse. Um... But in terms of Premier League football, that 45 minutes at the Amex was the worst 45 minutes we have ever played. Um, we were playing against 10 men, and we had a lead, and we managed to give away the lead. And arguably, in my opinion, we escaped with a point. Um, I mean, I think they probably deserved to win on the back of that second half. Um, they moved to a 4-3-2 after halftime, and we totally capitulated. Um, our back four, which is historically fantastic, they completely struggled to contain two strikers. Um, our midfield, four to five, if you count gross, uh, were convincingly outperformed by three midfielders, all playing in an uncomfortable spot because they were having to make up way more ground. Um, and Murray was left on um, when clearly he needed to come off. He looked like he was limping for a good 45 minutes. Um, and I don't know why he was kept on. And... Even more frustratingly, the moment Andone came on and March came on, and I mean, even arguably Lockardia, um, we looked far more dangerous. But once again, our only outlet was Izquierdo prior to that move. Um, there was a couple of really poor linesman decisions to go against him. Um, there was two offside calls where he wasn't offside. And there was one moment where they said the ball went out into touch and it simply didn't. Um, it was close, but it didn't go out. And you've got to think that of those three opportunities, all three of them were putting him in a one-on-one -on -one situation or a two-on-one -on -one situation. And you would like to think that there would have been a goal stem from one of those three. And I think if we go 2-0 up, the game's over. Um, so 
My biggest issue, though, is that Izquierdo is our only outlet in these situations, and when he's the only one to watch, it's way easier to manage. Um, we had... No, Murray couldn't do anything because he looked, he looked really off the pace in that second half, despite the fantastic goal and the movement he had in the first half. It was just... He was really poor in the second. And then Knockart just couldn't get anything going on the other side. And Gross has never been that pacey player that can push forward. So when all we have is his Kiedo, it's a real big struggle because it's super easy to just keep him in check. And even then, it wasn't that easy for them. But when Andone came on, it changed the entire thing. Um, they didn't know how to cope with two very direct, very quick runners um, that, were, that were talented on the ball. They didn't know how to react to that. Because if they did lose the ball to one of them, it was big trouble. And if they marked one of them they had to worry about the other one being left open and if they did mark both of them then we had gross proper and march all on their own um but why did he wait until the 80th minute to bring him on um that was a big tactical decision that really went against us and you've got to think that like if andonia come on on 60 minutes like we probably win that game just given what he did in the in the final 10 i think if he comes on in the 60th, we win the game. Um, I think there's a serious mental problem with the team protecting a lead in the way they have been over the last couple of weeks. And it's easy to blame Chris Hutton for it because he has historically been a very negative defensive coach. Um, but there's something else deeper, I think, going on because every time the camera panned on Chris uh, on the TV cameras, he was absolutely screaming at the team to push forward and get up um that's not the, that's not the coach that's asking them to sit back and cling on to a lead he was quite literally outright telling them not to cling on to a lead and to push up and they didn't um so something isn't right i don't know what it is um but you know we <laughs> the final stats for the game we allowed them 45 percent possession when they had 10 men for 65 minutes how on at home how does that happen it's just, it's just absolutely baffling that we allowed that to take place. Um, and last week, last week it was it was l kind of less harsh because it was all based around a referee and a linesman sabotaging a game to the point where it was totally ran by them and almost decided by them. But we convincingly beat ourselves. Um, there were a lot of moments in there where we could have got opportunities, but due to the linesmen screwing up, we didn't get them. But like, it doesn't change the fact that we had 11 men versus 10 for 65 minutes and failed to score a goal or do anything that caused them any major danger. Um, it's just unacceptable. And I don't know what's going to change. I don't know if anything will change, but it's not a good look. Um, so the bigger picture... Obviously, the bigger picture, one thing is for sure, we're above our points per game tally, and we have a couple of very winnable games coming up. If we can do that, we'll be okay. My worry is that we're historically not very good at Huddersfield. Palace is a total toss-up, and Burnley is, again, a total toss-up away. Um, but looking at this bigger picture, from a recruitment standpoint, Hutton standpoint, um, what do we do from here? We have been beaten away at Cardiff, um, and we lost two points at home to a 10-man Leicester for over 60 minutes. 
Um, so do we blame Hutton? Do we blame the players? Do we blame the recruitment team? Um, who takes responsibility for what? I think it's I think it's pretty clear they all take different areas of responsibility. Um, so let's look at the new signings we made this season. When you make a new signing in the Premier League, um, unless it is outright stated that they are not going to be first choice, um, they should be providing real competition for the people in those spots and getting probably more game time than the people that they were signed to compete with. Um, so let's start with Bissouma. Um, he has looked fantastic whenever he plays as a central midfielder from the outset. Um, he's looked bright when coming on, but generally when he plays in that midfield, he looks very uh, good. He knows he's very good on the ball. He usually looks forward. Um, he has not got a game. Um, Kyle is, pr is preferred over him. Uh, Stevens is preferred over him. Proper is preferred over him. He's thoroughly fourth choice right now. Um, I don't think that's the right way for it to be. Um, I think he should be getting a lot more game time, um, but this is just my opinion. All of this is going to be my opinion before anybody gets mad. It's just my opinion. Everybody has different ones. I'm just giving you my perspective. Um, to me, that's a Chris Hutton problem. Um, he is not utilizing that player to the best of his ability, and I firmly believe he could be used better. Bernardo. Um, he finally got his real debut uh, after a third of the season gone. Um, Bong has been a problem for three to four weeks now, and this should have happened a month ago. Um, thankfully, we didn't drop too many points due to it, uh, but we we got there eventually, um, and he's playing now. That was a Chris Hutton problem and a selection problem again, but he's playing. Hopefully, we'll see him more. Uh, and Donay. This one's a weird one because he's obviously very, very talented and he's now fully fit, um, but he's not getting enough game time. So you would think that that was, again, like a Chris Hutton selection problem, but with Glenn Murray scoring goals, he scored seven goals this season. Like, how, how, can, you, how can you justify taking him out of the squad, especially at home? Um, so my, my real thought process is that you don't play him away from home. Um, we need to change the way we set up away from home. That much is super clear. So, to me, like you can't drop Murray at home, especially because he's just too good. So, what do you do? You give Andone games away from home, um, where we need to change it up a little bit. E.g., Huddersfield, where playing defensive is going to have us beat. Um, so, not a Chris Hutton problem, not an anything problem. It's a Glenn Murray. It's a Glenn Murray plus more than anything. He's scoring goals still for fun, and it's really tough on Andone to think that he's not getting as much game time as he deserves. Um, but it is what it is. Lockadia, uh, he was the worst Premier League signing by us by far. Um, the recruitment team get the full blame for this one. Uh, they signed a better Sam Baldock when we had no intention of ever using anybody in the mold of Sam Baldock in the Premier League. Um, that firmly lays on the recruitment team, and I have nothing but sympathy for Lockardia for not getting games, although I don't agree with the way he came out complaining to the Dutch press. Um, I have a lot of sympathy for him because he's been set up to fail from the start, and that's a sheer recruitment team problem. Um, boo them. Balogun. Um, he was outright stated as a backup. 
fair, next, no problem. I think he's a great defender. If we were to lose Dunk or Duffy in January, I would not be upset with him coming into the full-time squad and playing at that centre-half role. It would be horrible to lose either of them, but I have full faith in Balogun. Looks a great player for what he is. Um, Montoya. Now, Montoya, whenever he's played, um, barring when he played against Cardiff, funnily enough, whenever he has played, he has looked an incredibly classy player. Um, very rarely makes an error, very rarely gives a ball away, um, but he's been systematically beaten out of the side by Bruno. I don't know whether that is due to him being captain and his experience, but it's kind of weird to me to have him beaten out consistently by a 38-year-old Bruno, however much I love him. Um, you would think that that should not happen, and I, I just I can't decide whether that's a Bruno plus or... Chris Hutton being too sentimental about his old players and supporting them because we know that's something he does. Um, so that one's a uh, like put that in the uh, in the who knows section. Um, I mean, I'm delighted with Bruno. I couldn't ask for anything more of him. Like he's just an incredibly talented player for his for his age. He has no right to be doing what he's doing, but he is. So fair play to him. But it's just weird to have Montoya constantly beaten out by him. All right, and last but not least, uh, Ali Areza Yahambaksh. Uh, bad signing. <laughs> Looks off the pace. Um, has consistently been the most ineffectual player on the pitch statistically and both just anecdotally as much as statistically. Um, but he continues to get game time. And that is my biggest problem. Um, if, he, if he is putting in the performance he's putting in, um, and simply not getting game time after the fact, it would be far less problematic than the fact that he's getting games. Um, Knockart was in the best form in his Premier League career so far, and he was dropped for AJ, and AJ did nothing. Um, he was no doubt a detriment to our attack and our defence when, when he was playing, um, and yet he continued to get game time and kept people like Knockart out of the starting eleven. Um this has to fall on Hewton. Uh I don't know why he was giving him so much game time when he wasn't performing. Um, he didn't do the same for anyone else. You know, Lockardia hasn't had that. Izquierdo hasn't had that. When he started, if he didn't perform properly, he'd drag him off at half-time once. Um, so I don't understand what it is. It Does he feel obliged because of the amount of money spent on him? Um, I don't know. But that's a, that's a Hewton problem too. Um, the selection problems... Are, are definitely starting to come to the fore now we've started to sign these players um so the recruitment the recruitment team take the blame for one or two things but mostly the the player management and bringing in players that should or shouldn't be there i think has to fall on chris and something has to change um tactical issues uh what has changed to cause us to look backwards more than forwards um i just don't get it there was a great uh, there is a great tool out there if you Google passes played sideways backwards forwards. Um, someone's created like a, I mean I'm not I don't know I'm not very smart about this kind of stuff, but they created a great little tool um, that lets you see how many passes were passed forward, backwards, and sideways uh, by a Premier League team, and it started last year, which was handy. Um, so I looked into that and I, I because it was interesting. And last year. Um, we were playing 
Uh, 11% of our passes sideways, um, 44% of our passes were backwards, and 45% of our passes were forwards. Um, pretty well balanced. Um, however, this year, anecdotally, it looks like we're playing duller football, um, and unfortunately, the stats back it up. Uh, this year, we are playing 12% more, 12% of passes sideways, so there's not really much of a difference there. Um, 38% of them are going forwards, and now a whopping 50% are going backwards. Um, that is a huge difference, really, when you think about it. Um, and, you know, it's it's a problem, and that's a tactical problem, and a mentality problem, and that tactics and those mentalities are brought into it by Chris. So, something has got to change, and I'm not in the Hutton out brigade by any means yet. But, there is a serious issue and he needs to change something. Um, the stats say it, the recruitment and utilization of signed players say it, something is wrong, we need to get better. I know we've just won three games on the bounce, won nothing, but we didn't look convincing in any of those. We just got beat by Cardiff, we should have beaten Leicester, we've got some really tough games coming up. Um, he needs to He needs to change something and it's unlike him to do it, but he needs to because otherwise his job is going to be in danger come Christmas. Even from the most loyal man in the world like Bloom is, if he can't change what he's doing and it continues as negative as it is, people are going to want him out. Performances aren't going to get better and the worst thing will happen. And I'm not sure him going would be any better or worse for us, frankly. It would worry me to think who on earth would be next, so... I really want him to turn it around and sort it out. The fact is, we did it last year, so we know he's capable, and that's so frustrating. We know he can do it. We know... Like, it's literally right there, in numbers, that we have decided somewhere mentally and tactically to go backwards. Literally. <laughs> so what's going on? We need to change it up. Um, and that's it. That's all I've got to say. I mean, I say that's all I've got to say. I just went on like an 11-minute mode about the bad um, and the bigger picture, but here we are. Right, Huddersfield preview. Um, they're still currently 1-0 up against Wolves. Um, I can see this one being an ugly game. We are historically horrible away at Huddersfield, and our defensive posturing and the way we play is the perfect way to get beat by them. Um, it's... The main reason why they came up in the first place, uh, the year they did, they're attacking... Hey! Hey! Moose? My cat is meowing at, like, major levels, and I don't understand what he's doing. I apologize for his interruption. Um, yeah, so... The way we play and the defensive manner in which we play, especially away from home, is the perfect way to get beat by Huddersfield. Um, they have historically done that to us for the last couple of years. Um, Hutton has been constantly out-tacticked by Wagner, Wagner, Wagner um, at Huddersfield. And it's going to be super interesting to see what we do different. Um, because if we don't change our style for this game, we will lose the game. Um, and this is a game that is 100% winnable. Um, ignoring today's game against Wolves, because we don't know how this is going to finish, um, and they're away anyway. Huddersfield has scored two goals at home all season. Two goals in seven games. Um, 
if we concede more than one goal at Huddersfield, it is already a massive failure on our part, and it's just not acceptable. Um, they average only 48% of possession at home. Um, this game, make no mistake about it, is as to win. Um, we are, we are going to be a better squad than they are on paper. We need to outperform them and win, but it's going to take a tactical change because otherwise we're going to get beat by them, and that is not what we need in a pretty major six-pointer to really calm us down. Um, going to be sounding controversial here, especially after the bigger picture mark part, but if we fail to play well, if we really collapse and lose, um, I think the Hutton Out Brigade uh, may well get a lot of new followers, um, and it doesn't please me in any way to say that, and I won't be joining it um, I'm fully on the bandwagon of him being the man for the job. Um, I'm going to give it until January before I start melting down too much. So don't expect anything too angry from me until kind of Christmas time. <laughs> and if we're continuing to go backwards, then this podcast is going to get ugly too. So, um, yeah, we need to we need to change our entire makeup. Um, I just don't... Do I think he can do it? No, I don't. Um, but... He has surprised me in the past, and he is capable of doing it. So let's see if he does. Um, because, frankly, like this is a six-pointer that we must win. Um, my 11 that I would go for away at Huddersfield, um, Matt Ryan in goal, obviously. Uh, Bruno at right back, because I think his experience would be very helpful indeed. Uh, Duncan Duffy at centre-half. Bernardo absolutely has to start again at left back. He has no major threat to mark. Uh, Bong has no business being in this starting 11. Uh, knockout on the right. And I am wanting to see a Bissouma and proper midfield this week. Um, do I think I'll get any of this? No, I don't. <laughs> but this is what I would like to see. Um, I think that we don't need to be playing defensive football and Kyle Stevens, both of those encourage it. Um, I think Bissouma and Proper starting in that midfield would be enough dynamism to win the ball, but it would also be a very much forward-thinking midfield. Um, and I think it's worth the risk, frankly. Um, is Kiedo on the left? We know he can play. Like we know him and Knockout can play defensively as wingers well. So that's why I think that Bissouma and Proper would be a great choice. Um, we don't need to worry about our flanks. We know we can defend them well with two midfielders. Um, so let's just go for it. Uh, Pascal Gross obviously has to start again. Um, and I'm starting on Done this week. Um, that slow build-up that Murray encourages um, is great away from home when we tend to push and press teams to death. Um, but away from home, we're not going to be doing that, and we need pace to scare them with. And Izquierdo, Andone, Bissouma, Noka, Proper, all of these players pushing in, and Gross's distribution. Um, it's an incredibly attacking lineup. But frankly, if we don't play an attacking lineup, we're probably going to lose to the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and that's just not acceptable. Away from home or not, we absolutely shouldn't be losing to them. Um, we should be looking at a minimum of a point, and I think that my 11 has a better chance of getting it done than a bog-standard 11 that Hutton might go for. I really hope he does something in this mould. I don't think he will, but my hope is there, <laughs> and it's not going to go away. I'm going to stay positive and hope he does something fun. 
Um, so yeah, at that point we'll see what happens. Um, we're coming into, we're not far away from December. This is where a ton of games start coming up thick and fast. Uh, we've got some big ones coming up too. We're playing three teams all below us in the table next. We've got Huddersfield, Palace, and Burnley. Um, we need, we need, we need points. We need five to seven from this game set of games, in my opinion. Um, and if we can get a win away at Huddersfield, um, then we're in an amazing spot compared to how it feels now. So. Fingers crossed. Come on, Chris, do the right thing. Do something a bit crazy for once, um, even by your standards. Just go nuts and put Bissouma on there instead and do something weird. Um, we'll see. I'll see you next week. Hopefully it's a positive one, not sad, and not looking at players that never get games and bad tactical issues. Um, yeah, Huddersfield away. Fingers crossed. We can win. We need to win. Um, I'll see you next week. Be safe.